Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 88. Today we have the back half of the first round for you, our Weekly Spiral live mock draft we're going to do here on podcast, and uh, we will start with the Raiders pick. So the Raiders are on the clock, but before we move over to uh, Las Vegas, let's uh, talk uh, talk to my co-hosts here. How you guys doing? Casey Sully, Matthew Durgan, as per usual. What's going on, guys? Doing well. I feel like I came out pretty clean in the first half of the mock draft, and I'm, mm-hmm. I, was, I was happy with my picks and where they, they slotted in, so I don't, I don't want to crown a winner of the draft already halfway through but i think it i think it's me you know of the first of the first 16 picks yeah of our yeah, three we're, of our hey three? we're yeah. in a reactionary world all right you know you want new takes every you know half round of uh, of a of mock draft here you go here's the take here's the hot take casey's already the winner of the draft 16 picks in well i'd also argue you had like the some of the easier ones to pick too so i mean I mean, fields you still at three. Still got to hit chase at six. Still got to hit the picks. Still got to, still got to hit them. You know what All I mean? Right. All right. I got you, JC Horn. You know, I don't know what you want. Like, I, I'll return the favor here with somebody who I probably, you probably won't be too stoked about, but um, <laughs> I'm picking for the Packers. That's why I mentioned that. But what about you, Durgan? How you doing, man? Uh, well, this is the last week that the Niners quarterback won't be Michael McCorkle Jones, aka Mac Jones. So uh, I'm doing good for the next 48 hours, and then I'll be paying him. For a while this is the last week he won't be so you're saying you're predicting now that it's going to be mac jones at yes three. It's okay be mac jones at three i'll be very sad very sad you'll be very sad but you sound pretty confident oh it's happening i'm in the seventh stage of denial which is the accepting part so it's like when it happens i won't i won't i'll be, I'll be sad but i'll be like all right whatever like my team right. will go nine and eight for the next decade i still think there's some games being played you never really know what's going on with the draft. I don't care who, how confident any analysts or any uh, media members are. Um, you know, maybe sh- maybe well, Shanahan and uh, John Lynch are, are just playing with them, to- toying with the media. If I'm wrong and they go someone else, I'll be very lucky, and I'll just go to Las Vegas. And the Raiders <laughs> on the clock. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into the Raiders pick. So with the 17th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Raiders, so the Las Vegas Raiders, select Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Um, listen, the Raiders have a ton of defensive needs, specifically in the secondary, but um, I really don't think there's a bigger need on this team than right tackle. And to me, Derrissaw is the best tackle on the board at the moment. Um, he is a great athlete. He got his opportunity to start as a true freshman, and he, all he did was improve at Virginia Tech. So I like him a lot, I think, from a size perspective, from a length perspective, and the, his ability to move and, and footwork. I think he checks all the boxes that you like to see from an offensive tackle, both in pass protection. Um, he's a great outside zone run um, run blocker, and um, he can pull like like some of the best offensive tackle prospects in this draft. So I like him a lot. I think he'd be a great fit, and the Raiders like to say they're in on car. This is how you prove it. You go get an offensive tackle, and in my opinion, I think this is uh, – this is offensive tackle three for me in the draft, um, so I, I like this pick from a value perspective as well. Yeah, it really fits Gruden's sort of style of offense that he wants to run, right? He wants to grind you out and, and establish the run and then hit you over the top with some some bigger plays, and the Raiders have have an aging offensive line and lost a couple guys this, this offseason, so I think that's an, an easy plug-and-play with Christian Derrissaw jumping right in and, and starting to pave the road for for Josh Jacobs and, and protect Derek Carr, who's proved, I think, that he's he's more than capable when given the pieces. Uh, if you got to score 35 points a game to win, though, that's going to be a problem. So, uh, like you said, they've, they've got two big needs on, on either side of the ball, but 
Um, you know that the offense can be successful in this system because we saw it for the majority of the year last year. And now you're going to have a new defensive coordinator and new system on defense. So it's a little bit more of a, uh, a wild card as far as that goes and in, in investing capital over there. Yeah, you both mentioned the need for offensive linemen after losing two this offseason. And look at the picks that Maycock has uh, made the last two years. All those guys in the first round that they've picked, it's five guys in two years, which is a lot, have all come from bigger-name programs. Uh, Clemson, Alabama, Mississippi State, Ohio State. And Virginia Tech might not be in Alabama or Ohio State, but that's a big-time program. They play Clemson every year. They're usually on the top half of the ACC. So that kind of fits their mold and the kind of player they want. Also, like you said, Cyrus, he's battle-tested, played a lot of games, ready to go right now. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Let's go to the Dolphins' next pick. This is their second pick in the first round. These guys are doing it right uh, from a general management perspective. But with the 18th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select... Jalen Phillips from... Miami. Miami. He gets to. He just he gets, gets to, to you know, stay at he's home. Already, he's got a little condo already. He can just uh, you, know, you know change his commute uh, direction. Um, I actually don't know the the interstate system over there <laughs> yeah. and whether he has to go a different direction or not. But uh, he's staying in the state. So uh, you know, I, I think Jalen Phillips would easily be the top defensive player if he wasn't uh, dealing with the injuries and the the car crash and the concussions and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Miami's defense is getting even more dangerous. Like they were already super aggressive. They blitzed a lot. They they had an edge to them. They have a really solid secondary with Xavier Howard. Uh, now they just get that extra pass rush, which was sort of the piece that they were missing. They were blitzing a lot because they couldn't get home on on basic pass rush situations where they're they're rushing four and dropping dropping seven. So I, I think this guy is is an immediate impact player, and if he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, sort of the sky is the limit there and can, can really take this defense over the top for Miami. Yeah, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, he's a good player on one side of the defensive line, but they lock that true demon pass rusher who can get to the quarterback 10-plus uh, times a year. And Jalen Phillips probably is the most talented defensive player in this draft. Uh, does have a lot of injury concerns and only one year of real production. But you have to take a risk if you're Miami, because if he hits, this totally unlocks a new element to the defense. And when you're in a, d- a division with Josh Allen, you got to get to him and get to him fast. Yeah, and this dude, I mean, he's got everything you would want on the edge. Um, he's a good run defender. He's a good pass rusher. He's a he's just a playmaker overall, um, and he has a unique blend of size, length, technique, athleticism. Like he, He's got top 10 talent. Casey mentioned all the reasons why he's not being drafted in the top 10, but... Um, if Miami kind of follows this mold that that you've laid out for them, Casey, you know, taking top tier wide receiver, probably top tier, one of the best edge rushers in the draft. I mean, they're they're doing some things right here. So I like this pick. I think Phillips is scheme versatile. He can kind of fit. He he he's played all over the place. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can stand up outside. He can do it all. So uh, like this fit a lot for Miami. Uh, without further ado, with the 19th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Washington football team selects Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Some people list him as a safety. Uh, he's definitely a linebacker in my eyes. And this defense, they have an incredible defensive line, uh, two solid corners, but they don't really have that piece in the middle who can make plays in the run and in the pass game. And Owusu Koromoa. I think he needs to gain another 5, 10 pounds to deal with the physicality 
uh, of the NFL. But if you're in a division with the Cowboys and you're going to have a lot of weapons in uh, New York, might not have a good quarterback, but a lot of weapons there, and the Eagles, whatever they decide to do in their life. But that's the point. They, they, need, they, need, they need someone in the middle of that defense to make plays for them, and Wusukoromoa is exactly that. Uh, really rangy, can shut down tight ends, can shut down uh, running backs out of the backfield. And for the most part, for Notre Dame, he was their slot corner at 230 pounds. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, he, he can guard a lot of people. Uh, Ron Rivera, a former linebacker himself, I think will address that position. Uh, when he was in Carolina, they were so good with Luke Keekley in the middle. I'm not saying that Osukormo is Luke Keekley, but that's how they built their defense from the middle out. Yeah, and I think that's a, a good place for him to land uh, to to sort of slot into that defense that's already, as you said, uh, very nasty up front. And if you just get a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline and has solid instincts. Uh, that front four is going to eat up blocks and you're going to be free to roam and make impact and splash plays. If you can split out and cover tight ends and slot guys like he did in Notre Dame a little bit, uh, you're, you're really cooking with some gas over there. Um, so I, I like the, the fit and you're just sort of overloading that, that defensive side of the ball and saying, Hey guys, you know, we, we might struggle to score some points, but so are you. So, yeah. uh, we'll see if defense can win championships or win, an eight and nine uh, <laughs> postseason berth again this next year. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a freak. Like, you, you would watch Notre Dame, he'd moved at a different speed than the rest of the, the players on the field. And um, I think the, the concern and, you know, the, the reason you see him go a little bit later and, and uh, in general, I think, you know, the safety talk comes into play. He's, he weighed in at 216 pounds. In the NFL, you know, at linebacker, it's borderline, right? Like maybe he's 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 playing will linebacker, but in general, I, I'm not sure about that size at the next level. I think he's going to need to put on like 10 pounds of muscle, probably. Um, but kind of reminds me, kind of like a Dayon Buchanan type of role coming down, uh, box safety sort of sort of situation. But I think he's a he's a baller for sure. Um, the size is going to be the concern, which which uh, I'm sure teams will have. Let's move to pick 20 here with the 20th selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. This was kind of a tough one. I didn't really want to pick a wide receiver, but I like Rashad Bateman a lot. I felt like it was kind of a decent value for the Bears. Um, They have a ton of needs as well, and they really could go any direction. You know, offensive tackles a need. Um, Cornerback is also a need. But I think Ryan Pace kind of looks at his new quarterback savior, Andy Dalton, and is like, you know what he needs? <laughs> Rashad Bateman. Um, so Bateman, great receiver, isn't a burner, but he is able to consistently find separation, Durgan's favorite trait, and huh. is really good at tracking the ball and kind of winning at the catch point, which is which is something Durgan likes to see. So kind of gives me Kenny Galladay vibes out of, out of that position. Um, and I think he's got a ton of potential, you know. In my opinion he's up there with all of the top guys in terms of ceiling. So whether he reaches it is kind of up to him. He's, he's uh, in my view, the yin to Allen Robinson's yang in this offense. And if Christian Derrissaw is gone, I think they, they go this direction. If Christian Derrissaw is there, I think they go Christian Derrissaw, but um, that is my pick for the bears. Yeah. I mean, when you have a star quarterback like Andy Dalton, you just got to get him weapons and he'll, (laughs) he'll get them the ball. He'll find ways. So, uh, 
you know, I think compounding on this, you know, it's probably Ryan Pace's and Matt Nagy's last year to prove it. So uh, if you're an offensive head coach and you uh, want to prove that you belong, go ahead and draft yourself an offensive player because that's gonna what's what's gonna potentially save your job and make you look a little bit better. Um, so I can definitely see them them going receiver here. Uh, that defense is starting to age a little bit, and they need to start plugging and, and getting some guys for the future over on that side. Um, but you know, you, you think about Allen Robinson is there. Uh, uh, fuck, what's his, the running back's name? Is it Montgomery? Montgomery. David Montgomery. David Montgomery. Montgomery I always, and I, sing up, I, I mix up Singletary and Montgomery, Montgomery. from from the Bills. Yeah. Uh, but you have those pieces. You have Tariq Cohen coming back from injury last year, and now you add Rashad Bateman, and that looks like a pretty solid skill group overall. You know, you still have the corpse of Jimmy Graham out there, I think. But uh, you know, maybe Cole Komet starts to to come alive a little bit, and all of a sudden things start looking a little nicer on the offensive side of the ball, and you can actually score twenty four or 30 points a game every once in a while and help your defense out. So I'm not mad at the pick. I'm mad at the, that the, the Packers didn't get Rashad Bateman. You, you snaked him nine picks early, but otherwise I'm happy with it. None of us like uh, Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, for that matter, to be a 16-game or 17-game now starter uh, for them. But look at their needs in terms of offense. Yeah, I mentioned offensive line, but outside Allen Robinson, they don't have a legit receiver. And Allen Robinson... I think he's on his way out. He doesn't want to be there, it seems like. And, uh, yeah, he's franchise tagged this year. He won't get franchise tagged again, unlikely. And if he does, I think after that, he's gone. And he's still young enough where he can get a big contract somewhere else with an actual quarterback to throw him the ball. So, Rashad Bateman, give him one year. Let him blossom. He can take over that wide receiver one role for him. And also, this is kind of underrated aspect. He's played in cold weather his entire collegiate career in Minnesota. So he's ready to play in those December games where it's 10 degrees outside and that ball's tough to catch. So that's an underrated aspect of his game that I think will translate over well for the Bears specifically. Awesome. All right. Let's go to the next pick. So with the 21st overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select. Tevin Jenkins. Offensive tackle. Maybe uh, Roger Goodell will also slip over his name. But <laughs> Anthony Casanzo retired, and Tevin Jenkins was one of the best run blockers in college football last year. Uh, Reich knows how to scheme up that run game and, and get things going. Mac is coming back after uh, off of an injury. You got Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you got Naheem Hines, and uh, you know Jenkins is just a, a absolute mauler. And you put him next to Quentin Nelson, and uh, you help protect Wentz and give him a run game, and and you can sort of take the load off of Wentz's shoulders and, and let him just complete the passes that are there off of play action and stuff like that. Um, you know, ideally you could give him a little bit time to, to acclimate, but I think he's a relative plug and play kind of guy, uh, at least in the run game, uh, and and you can sort of. Get him in there and let him move people and and run that run the damn ball as the Colts like to say. Yeah, Jake is the best tackle left on the board, and their uh, GM Chris Ballard is one of the best talent evaluators uh, in the league. He used to be a scout for a long time with the Chiefs, uh, rose his way up there before taking this Colts job. Whenever they draft somebody, they draft someone with a clear vision, with a clear role for them as a rookie. Whether it was you know Darius Leonard. Or we saw with last year with Jonathan Taylor in the second round, Michael Pittman uh, in the second round last year. They are known for trading down because they can t- know they had 
list of guys and they know, okay, we're going to put you there and you're going to succeed. And you put Tevin Jenkins at left tackle, he's going to succeed because he's next to uh, Quentin Nelson. And those two would just be the two meanest run blockers. And you got Jonathan Taylor trying to tackle him. That's one way for making uh, Carson Wentz's job a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe he has some improvements to make on uh, as a pass um as a pass blocker, but like Casey mentioned, this dude's an absolute mauler in the run game. I think uh, we've seen what Frank Reich likes to do, and this is a great fit for that offensive line for sure. Um, so let's move on to the 22nd pick. So with the 22nd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Titans select. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from the University of Florida. The Titans lost both Corey Davis uh, Jonu Smith and Adam Humphreys in the offseason this year, and that's most of their pass production right there outside of A.J. Brown. So they need to find some sort of receiving option. And I like Darius Tony here for the fact that he can unlock a new dimension of this offense. You have the bruiser in uh, Chakrasito, Derrick Henry in the backfield. You have A.J. Brown, who's a phenomenal receiver, uh, but he's more of kind of a bulky guy who can break tackles based on his physicality. But Kadarius Tony is a little jitterbug. He's fast. He can run on jet sweeps. He can throw him screens, and he can make plays happen. So if you have those kind of three guys, a nice balance, that's a really good um, you know, offensive trio to go to. And also, if you look at Ryan Tannehill, he needs guys who can get open. And Corey Davis struggled with that, but that's one thing A.J. Brown is really good at. And Kadarius Tony from the slot is a great route runner, great footwork. I think he can come in right away and – you know, he might not have a thousand yards receiving, but he might have seven hundred yards receiving and three hundred yards rushing. He's that kind of player. Yeah, and the the Titans love to do play action and work off of Derrick Henry and and just hit guys in the flats and let him go to work. And he's the perfect guy for that. He can turn that three yard flat route into you know eight nine yards or break a tackle and turn it into fifteen and twenty. Uh, and that's sort of what you need to, to keep defenses balanced and, and keep the chains moving if you're the Titans. So uh, they're definitely in need of some some offensive firepower given all their uh, losses in free agency. So I, I like Kadarius Tony there, and I think he's the, the perfect fit and complement to, to A.J. Brown. They're not the same type of receiver and have different kind of styles, and um, they can be utilized in different ways within the offense. Yeah, Kadarius Tony is electric. I really like him as a prospect. Um, if it wasn't sort of in that intermediate range between the first and second round, where I, I would like him on the Eagles, I think maybe he, he may not be the best fit for the Eagles. But he is a talk about like a player that kind of reminds you of a little little Tyreek Hill electric, you know, dynamic player that you can use him in multiple ways and attack in multiple uh, directions and. I think he's going to fit this offense very well if he uh, lands on the Titans. So love this pick. Let's go to the New York Jets. So with the 23rd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Greg Newsom II, cornerback out of Northwestern. Robert Sala is probably uh, lobbying Joe Douglas as we speak to uh, get some improvements on this defense. And while the Jets have a ton of needs, um, as we all know, you know they could really go a lot of directions, but cornerback has to be one of their biggest. Greg Newsom the second can step in right away, and I think he can be cornerback one on this team day one. I know that's a bold claim for a rookie to come in and be the top dog, but I think he can do that. He's got phenomenal ball skills for a corner, great instincts. He's got the size you want. His athleticism it shows up on field. It's not just on uh, on uh, pro days and workouts. He's not a workout warrior. 
Um, he was a shutdown corner in college for a year. And I think, you know, he has the potential. It may not be immediate, but he has the potential for that to translate to the next level. He's got the tools you want. And I think, um, sorry, Casey, but uh, I think he goes here. I, I, I would have taken him for the Packers if he was available in my bed. You're the worst. You're just the worst. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, having so many holes in your roster almost is freeing in a way because you can just sort of take the best guy that you think fits your system or that's available out there. And uh, when everybody sucks, he's probably going to be a starter, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the case here. And I, I like Greg Newsom, and uh, I, I think he does. He's, he might be a trial by fire kind of guy. I don't think he's going to they're going to be able to keep him on the sideline and, and let him grow. So it's just going to be hey bud. Uh, you know, go do your best. And uh, there might be a little bumps and bruises as there are with most rookie corners. Most rookie corners are pretty bad. Um, so uh, you need to sort of get him in the system and get him going along with Salah and and, and let him go to work. And, you know, I think that's, that's a good uh, good start to the defensive pieces that are, are starting to accumulate. They have a couple of defensive tackles and, and are going a little bit on, on the defensive side of the ball, but they need help on the boundary. The Jets might be the worst team in the league next year, so they just need to find talent wherever they can. Uh, you mentioned that they have Quinn Williams, nice player, uh, dropped his third overall two years ago, signed Carl Lawson. So their defensive line is slowly but surely getting there. But look at their corners. You have Bless Austin, who was a six-round pick in 2019, and Bryce Hall, who I actually really liked last year. Uh, he was also a six-round pick. So they have two inexperienced late-round guys as their projected starters uh greg newsom would step in right away and be cornerback one and yet you can say you might struggle but that's okay the rest of the team's gonna struggle too it's not gonna be just him so you give him some snaps get him some meaningful playing time and then by year three and four hopefully he can get to that level where he's a pro bowl player and he's really talented uh, he's a late riser uh, but over the past month his name just keeps creeping higher and higher and higher absolutely all right, let's move to the Steelers pick. So with the 24th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Creed Humphrey, center. I, I feel like generally centers shouldn't be drafted this high, but uh, he's by far the best center prospect in this draft. The The Steelers just lost Pouncey to retirement. Um, so it's another plug-and-play guy at that same position. Uh, I think that that transition can be relatively seamless there. I, I don't think he's going to play to Pouncey's level right off the bat, but uh, he's strong at the point of attack. He's athletic in space. He can just solidify things up front for, for Big Ben's sort of last maybe ride, let him throw those short passes and uh, have those end-of-season collapses like they usually do, and uh, <laughs> he can be there for the ride the whole way through. Steelers are a tough team, uh to mock because they need honestly a whole new offensive line outside of uh, DeCastro, their guard. Uh, they lost, or they're going to lose Villanueva, their left tackle. He's going to the Ravens, it seems like. Uh, they have a weak right tackle, so they need tackle, center. They need a lot uh, for a team that's ready to win now. Uh, but Humphrey is ready to play right away. Uh, most people see Landon Dickerson at the top tack or top center. I don't. Uh, like you said, he has a lot of injuries as well, which is kind of concerning. But Humphrey, high IQ, uh, play physical football, which they love in Pittsburgh, and he's ready to take on the role of a leader on that team. And eventually, they'll have to move on from Big Ben, so they'll need that kind of guy on the offensive line to be vocal and help out their transition. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some questions around his athleticism, but I don't think anyone's questioning his uh, his IQ, his football IQ. You mentioned it, Durgan. All the reports have stated that he's one of the smartest linemen in this draft. So um, I think he'll be a he'll be a solid addition and plug and play, like you mentioned, Casey, and fill an immediate need uh, that the uh, Steelers have. So good pick there. Let's move on to 25. So with the 25th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Trayvon Morig, safety from TCU. Like the Jets, the Jaguars need help just about everywhere. Uh, they went offense, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence, uh, first overall. And you look at their roster, they can use a guy here, a guy there, but their safeties are terrible. And Morig happens to be maybe the best player uh, on the board available, to be honest. He's a really good safety. Uh, pair him at free safety, and you have. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, who they just signed, and C.J. Henderson, their first-round pick last year. All of a sudden, that secondary doesn't look all that bad. And you have pass rushers like Josh Allen and Caleb Von Chase on. And okay, you know, maybe this team, they're still probably two pieces away on defense, but they're, they're building something. They're, they're not a team that wants to win now. They're a team that is looking to compete in 2023. And Urban Meyer, we don't know how he's going to do an NFL. We don't know how he's going to develop these players. But they'll have a lot of young talent uh, to prepare for in the future. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I like him a lot. He he sort of gets around the field. He's he's a pretty intuitive player. Um, and uh, like you said, there's they're starting to get some to become some pieces in in Jacksonville. I mean, this is not a totally despite being the worst team in the NFL last year. I still look at the roster and I don't feel like it's entirely deficient of talent. You know, there are a couple of pieces there that that give you a reason to be excited. Um, and especially when you get a, a nice new shiny quarterback and you, you get someone else on the back end to help on, on defense and get him the ball back and you're starting to, to chug along and get things going. So, uh, I, I like the pick, you know, I, I, I think he's the, the best safety and, uh, there's a, a decent drop off between him and the next guy up. Yep. Totally agree. Best safety in the draft. I think the only knock on him would just be uh, improving a little in run support, but otherwise, I mean, he does everything you would want out of a free safety. So good pick for sure. Let's go to 26. So with the 26th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Micah Parsons linebacker. I'm surprised he's here. I think, I don't know. I mean, hot take. Is this the first sort of guy we've seen slip in the draft? I think so. First off, this is a steal because this player is an absolute freak. He has every trait you would want out of a linebacker, combination of size and speed, off the charts, explosiveness. He's dynamic. You can keep him on the field for every down. Um, I think if he's here at 26, like I think the Browns could consider trading up for him first off. So if he's here at 26, Stefanski and Andrew Barry are just creaming themselves out of excitement in their in their war room um he projects as a day one starter in cleveland in my opinion i think he has superstar potential i'm surprised he slipped this far but i'm also not surprised because he did opt out of the 2020 season so that could play into this um actually happening but i don't think he'll be here in real life yeah uh great player somewhat concerning off the field stuff um so i think that's the the his potential for the slide there um but if you're confident in the guy and his maturity level and you can uh, just put him in there and let him go to work, I think it's a great piece to, to put behind um, you know, the, the pieces that they have up front with, with Garrett. And now you got uh, the, the man himself 
the man who doesn't show up to training camps, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, so you put them behind those guys and let them let those guys eat some blocks, and you can just go to work and, and sort of fill and, and plug and, and and move around on the defense. Um, so not too not too mad at it. So I'll start with the negatives with him. Um, like you said, there are some maturity issues. He had a hazing scandal about two years ago. Um, and other reports coming out that he might not be ready to handle NFL stardom. But to be honest, I mean, 21-year-old kids are. Uh, so that I'm not too worried about. And also there's some worried about his pass coverage, which he has all the tools to be good at. But like you said, Cyrus, he didn't play this past year. So you never got to put it all together. But they have a freak of nature. Uh, he was scheduled to be their punt returner this past season as a linebacker. He's that fast. He's that quick, that agile. Great at rushing the passer. We can kind of see him used in the Jamal Adams type role almost where he's on the line of scrimmage all the time. And he's playing the run. He's being aggressive. So for Cleveland, this is a no-brainer slam dunk pick in my opinion. And I think he might be available here. I mean, he can go as high as 11, I think, to the Giants. Or he might drop all the way down to the Browns. But I think this is as low as he can go. Yeah, I think if he's here, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's worth the risk at this point mm-hmm. in the draft because you're getting potential top 10 talent at the back half of the uh, first round. So I would I would uh, do that. And I also kind of wish we could see this 250-pound man returning punts. I'm kind of sad we <laughs> yeah. did not see that. But that uh, will have to be for another day. Maybe he'll do it for the Browns. We'll see. Um, so let's move on here. So with the 27th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens select... Terrence Marshall, wide receiver from LSU. And, uh, you know, he played mostly slot at LSU, but he's 6'3". He has a huge catch radius. He's not even 21 years old yet. Uh, and that gives Baltimore a bigger body that can sort of win outside, win inside. I think he's going to be able to translate stuff to playing outside if he needs to. Um, very physically gifted, and they just have to get someone else on the perimeter for for uh, Lamar Jackson because uh, Hollywood Brown is, has shown spurts and is a, a nice deep threat, but um, you know they, they just need someone else besides Mark Andrews and 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 Hollywood Brown to to win and and create separation on the outside for for Lamar. And if you're not a hundred percent, a hundred percent sold on Lamar, you got to give him the tools this year to evaluate him and understand. Like, okay, we've given him a couple tools now. Is he still making poor throws, poor decisions, uh, a lack of anticipation, all that kind of stuff? It allows you to better evaluate who he is and whether you're comfortable moving forward. Um, so you, you just got to get the pieces and, and and open up that that offense a little bit, I think. And, and, and Terrence Marshall does that. It's been so long since I've talked smack about Lamar Jackson. It feels weird. Um, <laughs> but when you're in, when you're an in, inaccurate pastor like Lamar Jackson is, you need bigger bodies. That's what Carolina did with Cam Newton, and he won an MVP because of it. So did LaSuck Jackson. But besides the point, you need guys with bigger catch radiuses. If you're going to be inaccurate, they can make plays. And Terrace Marshall can work all three levels. He can get deep. He can work you short. And he reminds me a lot of Justin Jefferson. It's not just because they're both from LSU. It's because they're both bigger slot guys who are kind of slender-shaped, but are much quicker than they look on film and can make plays happen, whether it's you know slants, comeback routes, uh, go routes. They can do it all. So they, I think, will go receiver here or at 31. And Terrence Marshall, in my opinion, is the best fit for them because, like you said, you have Hollywood Brown, smaller, shiftier guy, and I need that bigger option. 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I was just literally just going to say that. I can think of another LSU receiver that played a lot of slot yep. that was drafted, and look how that worked out, right? So um, I, I think this is a great pick. We, we talked a lot in the past um, year or so about the Ravens and you know, as dynamic as they are, the deficiencies that they have at the wide receiver position and how much that might be able to help Lamar Jackson um, develop and how much it might help the team as a whole. Um, so I, I like this pick. I think he has the potential to be really good. Um, he's maybe an echelon down from like those top tier guys that we were mentioning earlier, but he's got the physical tools. So there's no, there's no reason that he can't uh, perform at a high level on a team that in general moves the ball fairly well. So uh, I like that a lot. Let's move on here with pick 28. So with the 28th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select. Shaman Davis from Kentucky. He's a linebacker. And the Saints are another tough team that's really tough to uh, mock because they need help at receiver. Who's going to be their quarterback? Is it going to be James Winston or is it going to be Taysom Hill? Uh, their defensive line could use a piece. Uh, their cornerback outside a lot of more unknown, really, or who's going to be playing there. But I think they need a linebacker next to Demario Davis. They tried being aggressive last year uh, by acquiring Quan Alexander. Of course, he gets hurt and subsequently released. But Davis, well, Jamin Davis from Kentucky, is rangy. He can go sideline to sideline. Uh, a little bit of smaller linebacker in terms of weight, only 220, 225. But he's athletic. And you kind of let him grow next to a, a veteran like Demario Davis, and all of a sudden you have your future plan as well as your current. Uh, their linebackers outside of Davis are not very good, so they need to get some youth in that position and some, also some talent. I mean, I don't have a ton to add, but I am 100% here for uh, Jamin Davis having the last name on his jersey and then changing his jersey number to 55 because the mario davis is 56 and it would just be a nightmare that for would be. teams to figure out who's maybe get the same haircut uh yeah. wear the same like <laughs> white armband and make it just impossible for people to figure out who's who uh on film so i'm here for that um but th- they do need some help at the the linebacker position and uh you know i think that's an easy slot in and a relatively safe pick for them moving forward yeah, I think he's a little bit more developmental than some of the other linebackers in this draft. Um, but like you mentioned, they're again, extremely rangy, extremely athletic. And I know 224 doesn't sound like a lot, but the way he moves on the field and the fact that he's six foot four, just in general, that frame, I think he has the ability to put on a little bit more weight. And if he can keep that athleticism, he could be a really good fit as a will linebacker at the next level. So I think it's I think it's a solid pick. It's a little more risky than some of the other uh, linebackers to me, just because the sample size isn't as large in production. But in general, um, it'll be uh, it'll be a good pick for that Saints defense. That's I think pretty pretty damn good, pretty underrated as far as uh, defenses go in this league. Without further ado, the moment of truth for my boy Casey. We are moving on to the 29th pick here. So <laughs> with the 29th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select. So, oh, wow. I, I couldn't even say the words right because I was so scared for I... your reaction to my pick here. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers select Samuel Cosme. So Yay. hear me out. Uh-huh. Let me explain my thought process here. So I'm a little higher. I'll start off by just stating I'm a little higher on him than I think a lot of other people are. But 
This guy is an absolute elite athlete, one of the best athletes at the position in this draft. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds, and he moves extremely well for his size. The body control he has is truly next level. I mean, his short shuttle is under 4'4", which is really, really good for an offensive tackle. Um, in college, in his production, he allowed only six sacks in 1,500 pass blocking snaps over three seasons. He's played at both left and right tackle at Texas. He's extremely versatile. He's durable. He played 34 straight games. I love him as a pass blocker. I think he's one of the better pass blockers in the draft. Um, he's got some technical issues when it comes to run blocking and, and things that he relied on when it comes to athleticism that he could get away with in college because he was much more athletic than some of these guys he was going up against that you will not get away with at the next level. But, um, you know, He's told reporters he has a mean streak. I'm not sure I see the mean streak as much as often as more of a finesse type tackle. But he's also said that, you know, his favorite tackle to study is David Bakhtiari. So uh, I think he kind of slots in. You know, to me, I look at the Packers, and you can, I'm really curious to see what you think, Casey. But to me, tackle seems like a short-term need and a long-term need uh, moving forward, regardless of who the quarterback is of the future. But I think this guy could be a sleeper stud at the position yeah he's, he's fine uh, unexciting the problem is he may have to start right off the bat which scares me sure. because Bakhtiari tore his ACL in December uh he may not be ready to to get going right off the bat uh you know we don't have Corey Lindsley we have questions on the offensive line for sure we have Billy Turner who will probably be at the right tackle spot um, then we have Elton Jen Jenkins who can play one of the guard positions. And then we, we have questions sort of at the other guard position at center and at tackle if Bakhtiari doesn't play. So there's a very real possibility that uh, he could play, especially early in the year, um, which is not my dream scenario sure. for him. Um, but uh, I feel like the Packers are a little bit in no man's land here where yep. maybe they don't love any of these tackles or these offensive linemen left and the, the receivers that they wanted are gone. The elite corners are gone. Uh, so what do you do? And uh, if they feel confident in their ability to develop him and, and get him ready for week one, I can I can see it happening. And I'm not totally against it. Like you said, the physical tools are there. It just needs to be more consistent and he needs to you know clean up some of the technical issues. Yeah, and before you go, Durgan, I did, you know, one of my thought processes here was maybe they trade back and just trade out of the first round altogether. Because to me, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of hoping for one of these top tier corners to fall to me or a wide receiver to fall fall to me. And neither did in our mock draft. So that's kind of why I went this direction, just because it fills, I think, a need. Um, but that being said, if, if they did like Cosme, I think they could trade back into the early mid second and still potentially get him. Mm -hmm. and pick up well, some other assets go ahead during the Packers don't draft receivers early it seems like uh, Casey says they don't value linebackers so it's kind of a no man's land spot um, I think they would trade back of course uh, they use a corner but there's no one worth here uh, Cosme I, I don't see the immediate fit but if we see anything with the Packers from last year they're thinking two three years ahead so Billy Turner, not the long-term answer. Cosby can play right tackle. If Bakhtiari you know, doesn't get better his knee or isn't ready to go, you can feel confident Cosby starting a few games for you. So the more you talk about it, more it makes sense. I'm not sure if they do it, but it makes sense because uh, Cosby can play now, but like you said, does need to get better in terms of his hand usage. 
because uh, he is very athletic. Yeah, and I think it's overall more likely that the Packers trade up than they end yeah. up trading down. Like sure. I think if they see the board start to skew Heat against up. them, they're yeah. going to try to go and get like the last guy that they think is there, sort of like they did with Jordan Love. Like That was the last first-round guy that they felt like was on their board and they were like well let's move up three spots or whatever to go go get them so i feel like they're more likely to do that than just sort of sit pat and say like oh well no one's here let's trade back yeah yeah i'd agree with that as well either go up and get your guy or move back get some assets one of those two but um yeah if you know if they're not there don't just sit around so let's go to the next pick here with the 30th pick in the 2021 nfl draft the buffalo bills select jason oa defensive end and the bills need a pass rush and i'm not totally sold on oa but again i feel like this is sort of a trade back scenario where uh there's not a ton of stuff that i like for the bills right here um they just need someone to to pair out there and 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 bring a little bit of more more juice on the defensive line uh the defense as a whole for the for buffalo really started to struggle down the stretch especially last year after being pretty strong for a number of years um and there's just not a ton of depth at this defensive edge class uh here especially in the first round um so i I think this might be the last guy that they feel a a little bit more comfortable with uh he's raw as far as pass rush goes um but he has the explosiveness to explosiveness to to get around the edge and and win with power and if he can get coached up and develop uh you know i think he can be pretty good needs to put on a little bit of weight and sort of solidify uh his his base and his strength but the potential is there so if you uh you know you work on him and uh, he might not be a, a home run hit this year but in two or three years he could be a a real contributor for them on defense so i call jason away no way away because there's no way i would draft him in the first round (laughs) but that doesn't mean he's not going to go in the first round because like you said he's incredibly talented he ran a 4 340 at 252 pounds Uh, that's 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 freakish stuff and he's only a registered sophomore so he's hasn't had that much play experience Uh, but he did have zero sacks this year only played seven games because of the shortened schedule, uh, but I don't love that. But if you look at the defensive line of the Bills, they have some guys who can play for you this year. Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, uh, AJ Epinesa, but none of those guys are overly athletic. So getting a guy like Owe would provide a lot of speed off the edge, which is something they don't have. And you give them a year, a registered year. You don't play much next year. Let them get stronger. Let them learn the position and I think he could, you know, explode and go next level. And you give him, you know, him at Oliver in the middle of that defense, and you have a great uh, coach in McDermott who knows how to put his guys in the right spots, this would be good fit. I can see him being a seven to eight sack guy consistently, which is good. That's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's got all the things that you can't teach, but he also needs to be taught all the things that you can teach. So um, if he goes into the right system, I think he'll be a good fit. Like Durgan mentioned, not many people at this size run 4-3-40s. It's just not, it just doesn't happen at at 260 pounds almost. So I think if you can mold him into the defensive edge that, that you would want him to be, if you feel confident in that ability as a coaching staff, then it's a good pick. Um, I'm, I would be heavily tempted if I was the bills to go running back here at 30, just because it's been such a shit portion of that offense. Yeah. Um, and I don't know at this point, do we see a running back coming, come off the board in the first round? Not it, looking likely. Uh, imagine if they got Najee, 
Najee Harris. Or Travis first. Etienne. Or, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they'll do it because first-half running backs just don't have much value anymore. But, man, that'd be exciting. Yeah, and they definitely need some sure. help. But they could get one in the second, too. So True. we'll see. Um, let's move on here to the 31st pick. So with the 31st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select. Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher from Georgia. This is the pick they just got from the Kansas City Chiefs in that Orlando Brown trade, uh, which I think was a good trade for both teams because Orlando Brown didn't want to be there. He wanted to play left tackle, and the Chiefs need a left tackle, and they don't have to pay him just yet. They can wait a year to see. And the Chiefs got a second rounder, so they didn't like drop down a whole lot. I mean, dropped down a bit, but not a ton. Um, but Ojolari... He brings a lot of juice off the edge. Uh, he got better as the season went on. He's kind of like Owe in the fact he's more athlete than he is player right now. But look at the edge rushers uh, for the Ravens, and it's not pretty. Tyus Bowser, Jalen Ferguson, Pernell McPhee, they lost Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe uh, this offseason free agency. So they need somebody. They will draft this position at some point uh, on Thursday, I think, or maybe Friday in day two. Uh, Ojolari won't be a guy you play on first and second down, but put him on the field of third down and just tell him, go to the quarterback. Nothing special, just go after him. And he can be a producer. Might not be a big-time sack guy his first two years, but he'll get a lot of pressure. Yeah, I just don't love most of the edge rushers, including Owe, who I just took before. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, it's tough. But like like we've mentioned a couple of times, the edge class is just not super deep this year. Um, you know, I think Aziz has some trouble sort of shedding blocks, getting off blocks. He doesn't play with a ton of strength sometimes. Um, he can get pushed around, especially in the run game. He struggles. Um, so, you know, he just needs to be coached up because, like you said, he has he has some athleticism and, and he can play aggressive and, and uh, he has the juice to sort of chase and give high effort and, and go after and, and learn, I think. Uh, he's just a pretty raw guy at this point and needs, uh, you know, he needs some, some coaching and some help and, and some time to develop. Yeah, I think that's just a common theme in general we're going to see, especially in a weaker edge class. We're going to see a few guys come off maybe a little earlier and then the rest are going to be these sort of shots that teams take on really athletic prospects that are more raw that that they think they can turn into studs so i like adular i I was trying to i was hoping to take him with the next pick but uh you uh snatched him from me Durgan. but i think he slots in kind of right away as a situational pass rusher he can come in and and make some things happen he's not going to play every down at all like you don't want him out there on running downs he's a little bit uh slight of stature um as far as edge goes but i think he's a good prospect and and I like him a little more than than uh, No Way Away, as Durgan calls him. So, hey. um, but you know, at this point, like like we mentioned, it's kind of a crapshoot in general when it comes to these edge rushers because none of them are sure things at this point. So you kind of got to go with your gut and take who you like. Speaking of, let's move on to the final pick in the first round and what we'll see a small run on edge rushers with the thirty second pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft. The Buccaneers select. Gregory Rousseau. So this is the second Miami edge rusher taken. And uh, Rousseau had the production. He has the tools. He is raw as well, which is the common theme, which we've just continued to say about every edge rusher. Um, but, it, you know, he produced 19 and a half tackles for loss and 15 and a half sacks in 2019, which is really the last exposure we have of him playing college football. He didn't play in 2020. He opted out and, and then declared for the, the NFL draft. But, 
I think this guy has the potential to be really good. And, and it's kind of scary to think that the Buccaneers can just sit here and then pick somebody who can become an immediate rotational player in that already pretty decent pass rush. So, you know, the Bucks they've seen it work. They just saw it work building through the trenches. That D-line is pretty good. We've we've seen it as fans make a pretty big impact in key games. Um, so I can easily see them kind of doubling down on that and, and uh, picking somebody to come in and, and add to that rotation. Yeah, I like him. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a good finisher. He has a, that closing burst and finish. He's really long, so that helps a lot and sort of track guys down and, and shed blocks and get off and make tackles sort of as he's being blocked, which I like a little bit more. Um, but he, he's not super twitchy. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't play super strong and a lot of his production came at the zero technique or at nose, uh, which is a little bit of a concern. Uh, where do you put him? Uh, is he too big to, to play and, and have good leverage at a defensive end or at the nose? Um, you know, I'm not sure. So, uh, there's questions like you mentioned with all these edge guys, especially at the bottom of the first or that second group, uh, sort of down the board here. Um, so yeah, you just got to find the guy whose tools you feel like you can mold the best and, and ride it out with him. Uh, Rousseau, who I call the flying Frenchman. I don't know if he's French, but Rousseau is French. He is the <laughs> defensive version of Trey Lance in that you look at him, you're like, oh my gosh, like this guy can make plays. Uh, physically look at him. Rousseau is 6'7", 260 pounds, and they dominated their one season of college football. But then you look back and you go, didn't he work here? He needs to do this better. He needs to do that better. I mean, before the season started, he was a top five pick. And now everyone's like, oh, you know, you haven't seen him play in a while. Oh, his 40 time wasn't great. Where, where can you play him? Is he a 3-4 defensive end? Is he a 4-3 defensive end? What are you going to do with them? I think the Buccaneers, who, by the way, are returning all 22 starters, which for any team, that's crazy. But for a Super Bowl winning team, that's even crazier. So they don't need a guy who can come in and play right away. They need a guy who can play in 2022. And Rousseau can. Uh, they can find a right way to play him. Uh, Todd Bowles, one of the best defense coordinators, he he is very creative. He'll find a way for this guy to play should they draft him. Uh, there might be another team that looks to trade down. A lot of teams like that 32nd mm-hmm. overall pick because you get that extra fifth-year option uh, compared to a second-rounder. But Russo, I still think he can be a really good player. He just needs to be in the right system. He needs to be coached up. Yep, absolutely. And so that that kind of wraps things up here for the first round. Um, interesting, interesting exercise going through this mock draft with you guys and kind of seeing uh, how things how things go. Don't envy these GMs coming up. A lot of jobs <laughs> on the line. A lot of a lot of uh, stressful nights, probably sleepless nights coming up here starting Thursday. But I'm excited. I, this is probably on par with like the NFL season for me. I really enjoy the draft. I always watch it every every year, even though even rounds four through seven, which get really tumultuous and kind of boring because you can visibly see the the broadcasters like losing their minds live. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm excited. You guys have any final thoughts? This will be the last time our listeners hear from us until uh, draft night. No running backs taken. No running backs. So, yeah. yeah. And no no interior defensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, it's it's not the best defensive line draft. There's some decent ta- offensive offensive prospects, um, but not not the best defensive line draft here. True. Very, very true. Thank you for uh, confirming my my statement, Dougan. <laughs> That's all I strive for in life. 
Uh, Let's wrap things up there, though, on episode 88. Thank you for sticking with us for our mock draft. We are excited for the draft. By the time you hear this, we'll be one day away. Um, So stay tuned to weeklyspiral.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm sure we'll be live tweeting as the draft goes on um, at Weekly Spiral. So check that out. Before we head out, I want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content you should be on the lookout for. Casey, let the listeners know what to keep their eye out for. Uh, Brevin Jordan. Uh, the other tight end from the state of Florida um, played for Miami and uh, you won't see him taken in the first first round but I wanted to take a little bit of a deeper look at some later round guys that that maybe have some potential uh, very competitive blocker but uh, you know he's a second or third round guy that uh, maybe even fourth that that needs to polish up some things but I think you could get some real value for him if he starts to put some some of his physical tools together because he's got the frame and and the, the sort of nastiness that you want from a tight end involved in the run game and, and sort of leak him out and let him go to work outside so that'll be out on Thursday morning before the draft nice Durgan what about you man yes uh 49ers seven round mock draft or spoiler alert they'll be taking McCorkle Jones uh, that is already up if you're listening to this. Uh, we also, the mock draft we went through the last few podcast episodes, that will be up in written form. Uh, also on Wednesday when you're listening to this. And my personal final uh, mock draft that has trades and a bunch of chaos, that will come out Thursday. And also, I mean, I might as well keep going. Uh, Saturday, no, Friday, that will be the second round mock draft. And then at some point next week, probably won't be until Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, it'll be the 2022 uh, mock draft. A way too early 2022 mock draft. Always my favorite. No, no what, my that'll, favorite. Be, that'll be up Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah, not nice, next week. Nice, nice. So a ton time. of mock yeah. draft stuff tons, coming. Check the weeklyspiral.com. You will not be disappointed. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we'll catch you after the draft and, and uh, give you our thoughts on episode 89.